Hello and welcome to My Biggest Lesson, the show that brings you the key learnings from the most influential founders, executives, and investors in the Colorado tech community. My name is Adam Burrows. And I'm Chris Erickson. Together, we are the co-founders of Range Ventures. An early stage venture firm based in Denver. You can find out more about what we're up to at range.vc. Our guest today is Katrina Benjamin. Katrina is the Chief Product Officer at Apartment List, a Series D company co-founded by everybody's favorite Colorado VC, my partner Chris Erickson. Prior to joining Apartment List last year, Katrina was VP of Product and Upwork through their successful IPO in 2018. She is part of the incredible talent migration from the Bay Area to Denver over the last few years, and we're lucky to have her as part of the local tech community tonight. Katrina, thanks so much for joining us today. It's great to be here with you. Would love to hear, uh, to start out with, what you're up to today with Apartment List. Yeah, so I um, just joined Apartment List three months ago as the Chief Product Officer. I oversee design, user research, product management, as well as product analytics. We have a five-year vision that we've laid out. We are just finishing up now here in November 2021, our 2022 planning. And we're really excited about building um, on the foundation that we have investing and doubling down in our competitive advantages and in particular in the customer experience that we've really built, differentiated on the renter side, as well as on the property side. And we are working on some new products that are pretty exciting that should launch in the next few months. And we're really excited to be able to serve our existing customers in new ways through these products. And I know you've got a lot of history in in product and experience in product before joining Apartment List. Love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah. So before Apartmentless, I spent eight years at Upwork. I actually was on, started in operations, was on marketing, and then spent the bulk of my time in product running everything from top of the funnel acquisition to full uh, user journey to search, monetization, and pricing. So a lot of really, really interesting experience. Having experience running so many different parts of the product has really taught me a lot, as well as being on operations and being on marketing and working with product. I really think that's made me better as a product leader at working with and enabling those other functions. Got it. That's great. And one of the things that's interesting in your experience, I thought, was you've been working in Denver remotely for a coastal company before it was the cool thing to do. That's true. <laughs> how, how did that work? So I worked for Upwork at the time for three years in the San Francisco and Mountain View, California offices. And then my husband and I are from Minnesota. We thought we, thought we would move somewhere else, just given the cost of living. And so When we had our first child, we started considering it pretty heavily, and that was about five years ago. And Upwork has always been very remote friendly and very international, just because the majority of employees actually, and the majority of actually people that we work with every day as employees are contractors around the world, whether it be Eastern Europe, India, one of the many countries in Africa, we have a couple couple people in Europe, South America. And so we always had, we're set up to have someone on the screen to, we had some best practices around how we communicate and how we document that really enables that distributed work. And so I was one of the first kind of more senior people to move. There was one VP who moved before me and then I said, I'm gonna try it too. And so I was definitely working from Denver where most of my team was in San Francisco for many years. And then with since 2020 with COVID, Upwork actually closed the offices and has started to hire much, much more international, uh, internationally and, and nationally across the world and uh, across the U.S. And that has accelerated, I think, that transition. But I have a lot more, I would say, uh, a lot more people have moved in the last year. And I was, I would like to say, one of the pioneers at Upwork to really show that it's possible really, really well. 
And then Katrina, why did you guys pick Denver? We've always been really big skiers and snowboarders, even going back to kind of earlier childhood, high school. And so really loved the proximity to the mountains, just the outdoor culture here. And I mean, frankly, the time zone difference of one hour from the Bay Area was really convenient as well as a two hour flight to the Bay Area. So we put all of those things together. It really kind of checked all the boxes compared to any other place we looked. Got it. And what's your favorite mountain here? Probably, probably Keystone. That's where I've spent the most time. And I, I like the setup and I like, you know, the runs that I can take my kids on and things like that. You know, as someone who's been here in Denver for five years, would love to understand what you've seen sort of changing in the tech scene here, you know, from when you got here to where it is today. The last year and a half since COVID in March 2020 has been the biggest shift. I'm sure you've seen that as well. I have a number of friends who work at companies and who commute into companies in the Denver area or in the Boulder kind of metro area. And that was prevalent. And and I would say most of my friends in tech were going into the offices either for the big tech companies that have established offices here or for some of those smaller startups. And now I would say more often, or at least 50-50, I'm meeting people who are working remotely from Denver for other places. And so that acceleration of just hiring around around the country that more and more companies have adopted that, I think that's the biggest shift. And I think it, it ultimately makes us a lot more competitive as a market. We are We have a lot more talent locally who we can tap in for those positions where we want to be in office primarily. And we have a lot more just tech minds in the area because of the mobility that has accelerated in the last year. We totally agree. <laughs> we see, yeah. We've seen it, we, we've seen it uh, nearly daily, right? Of somebody moving out here from the Bay Area and, it, and it's just continuing. Totally agree with your assessment. Katrina, what's, a, what's another company aside from apartment lists in Colorado that you're pretty excited about? The one that I really like, so at Upwork, our mission was really to enable small businesses. And so I really, for eight years, spent a lot of time thinking about and, and working on uh, that persona and how we serve them really well. And Zero, the cloud software company that does accounting software for small businesses, I really, really like. I have a lot of friends at Intuit and at some of those competitors. And I, I really like the the innovation and the kind of pushing the envelope that Zero is doing. And I love to see their headquarter in Denver. Zero is an interesting story. I, I totally agree because they're a New Zealand-based company and then they opened their U.S. headquarters in Denver a few years ago. We've actually seen a few companies from New Zealand and Australia follow suit in the last few mm-hmm. years. So aside from all the coastal companies coming here, you're actually getting some international um, injection of talent as well. Well, and Adam, I think you consider New Zealand any company from their coastal as well because it's just all <laughs> coast, right? So, pretty much. Pretty much. So, so all, all, the, all the coastal city companies are coming here. So Katrina, I'd love to hear the biggest lesson you've learned in your career journey and then a a few anecdotes of how you learned it and how you apply that today. So my biggest lesson is that you have to learn every day. I think the companies that learn are the companies that win and the teams that learn are the teams that win. And so that goes um, everything from how you develop your hypotheses, what kind of quantitative data are you using, what kind of customer conversations are fueling the decisions that you're making. But it also is how you learn when you set a strategy forward and you're going towards that and you have setbacks along the way or you have things that don't work out as you want. The thing that differentiates successful teams and unsuccessful teams when they are focused on an outcome and a goal that they're working towards is how well they learn along the way. And then Katrina, you know, do you have a few examples of either uh, when maybe you didn't learn fast enough or when, when getting ahead of something in a career led to a really big impact or a different outcome? 
I mean, I think one one of the big lessons is around learning cross-functionally. I think ultimately we all do better when we work together. And so I've definitely been in a situation as a PM where I am trying to learn from customers, trying to talk to customers and not tapping into my sales team, my customer service team, who's learning from customers every day. And so that I think is, is a mistake that I've seen a lot of people make and I've made myself is just not... Uh, struggling to like create new learnings where maybe there are other there are learnings already at your fingertips that you could have accessed, and so I think that's a big, um, a big big lesson. Um, I also think it's it's the the practice of of weekly learning is something that I'm trying to implement. So talking to customers every week, um, having looking at new data every week evolving and, and sort of testing your hypothesis every week and saying, does this make sense? Um, and so I think some practices around that, um, one of the things that we did at Upwork that I really liked is we had one conversation with the freelancer every single week. And it was just all of the product leadership went, it was an hour long, we switched off who interviewed, and it was just everyone from a new, very new customer to a very established customer, all different types of fields, all different types of geographies. And that was just a, a really helpful practice to make sure that we're building learning into our day. And so I think leveraging what you already have, building it into your day, I think is really important. Um, and then I also think uh, being creative. I think the third thing is being creative about how you learn. So I definitely had have had A-B tests. I'm a big A-B testing advocate. And I ha- have people who I uh, really respect, a lot of mentors who are telling me like test everything. And I'm like, it's not about testing. It's actually about learning. And so it's learn about everything, but it's not necessarily test everything. So I had, um, I think I, I had a test that we ran while I was at Upwork, where we were changing the job search experience, changing the filters on the job search. And job search is one of the biggest surface areas, one of the most uh, visited surface areas with the highest number of daily active users. And we launched an A-B test. And within one day, so 24 hours, we had 100 comments in the community of, hey, this is good, this is bad, this works, this doesn't work. Hey, you missed this, you forgot this. And we felt like my, my team was like, well, we launched this test. We, we said it's going to run for eight weeks. We have to let it run. And I'm like, no, like we have everything we need to know right now. We're going to have such a big, bigger impact if we can just turn it off. Let's take one sprint. Let's fix these things that we heard. And then let's move forward from there and test something that we know is even better than what we thought. And so I really encourage my teams to test, not just user testing before, although I really value that, but test on production with someone or a couple people before you go out and fix what you see as you go, because that's ultimately going to accelerate you. And so being, I think there's kind of the traditional, either like you just do user testing, or maybe you just do A-B testing. um, And there's these kind of ways. And I really encourage my team to be creative, figure out what you need to know, who can teach you this. Do you want your internal agents, for example, to go through the experience and give you feedback? Like, what are all of the different tools that we have at our disposal to learn? And I think if we leverage those, I see just dramatic acceleration in our ability to impact the business and impact our customers. Yeah, I think, Katrina, your, your point, especially around, you know, leverage all the resources, right, and especially in internal ones. You know, I've seen multiple cases where someone finally goes and talks to customers like, oh, did you know we're, we're not doing X, Y, and Z? And then someone internally is like, no shit, I've been saying this for three months. Why didn't someone come talk to me, Right. And if you go internally, right, I think to your point, you often can get the answer quicker. And I think you build credibility with internal teams as well that they're going to Absolutely. be listened to. And I think to, to your point, that's a really important part of learning culture. One thing I wanted to touch on that you, that you mentioned twice about learning quickly, right? And you gave the specific example of, well, we've committed to run this test in our test plan for eight weeks, right? And, and here's mm-hmm. the data to collect. But hey, I think we have enough. Let's move on, iterate. How do you position those those changes and adapting so 
the teams understand how and why you're doing them versus it being perceived as thrash and yeah. sort of, you know, changes without a plan happening. How do you communicate that? Yeah, so I think the number one key is to focus on outcomes and not output. So output would be let's launch two tests this quarter that about around job search filters. But if our outcome is we want to make it easier for customers to find for for job searchers to find the job that they're looking for, we want to increase click through rate. Let's say from a search from maybe five jobs every time you do a job search, so for for independent search session to seven or to eight. Focusing on the outcome, I think that that is the key, because if you do set those metric outputs or those output goals, it can feel like thrash. But if all we're doing is everything that we do every day is going towards this outcome and we're going to use everything, every learning and every tool and every data point at our disposal to get there, that really is aligned with using these data that we have in creative ways and maybe ways that are not traditional or don't work in every situation. I think that's the hardest part is when we launch, you know, something on the client side, we don't get feedback in 24 hours. We didn't give it, get as much feedback in the community. And so if every team and every test, like you kind of need to think about for every outcome that you're going towards, what are the different things at your disposal and which ones are most relevant? And so I think planning that out in advance, talking through the outcomes that you're looking for, always going, pointing back to this is what we committed to do. And look, we see a way to get there faster. I think that's been the thing that's been most effective at helping the teams understand when I make a recommendation, maybe that isn't expected and also think, start to build that muscle for themselves. You know, one of the other things you, you mentioned was you set up a process where everyone on the, the product team talks to a customer once a week. And that sounds like a very systemized way to make learning happen within the organization. Are there any other ways that you teach members on your team to learn on an ongoing basis? Or, or how do you take the skill you've learned and sort of diffuse it throughout the organization? Uh, data and customers are the two places where we have some processes around it. So, so I also established a monthly testing readout. So everyone in the organization from marketing, you know, the performance marketing team is doing copy tests at the top of the funnel to very, very deep funnel like payments tests. We would actually just have two minute readout on every test that was run. And so the idea is to find connections, to spark people's ideas. Hey, something that worked over there, maybe it'll work for me. And so I think there's that was a place that we were sharing kind of quantitative learnings. We also have kind of a weekly metrics meeting where we talk through some of those things. So testing is a big place where you develop a body of knowledge and you learn. Customers are another one. And so we kind of grew both of those. But I think it's also an attitude. Like I tell people, you learn from every conversation. Every time you interview someone, you should learn something. Every time uh, you're going through a planning process or you have a new boss or you have a new peer, like you should be learning every day or every week, I would say, from the people around you. And so just that attitude of saying, I can learn from this. This is my 10th interview for this position. And it's hard to you know, find the right person. But like, I'm going to learn something from, from this interview. Or sometimes I've, I personally had, you know, probably one manager a year on the last eight years. And so the attitude of I'm going to learn from this person. I'm really excited that I'll get to do it in a more close fashion now that I have changed you know, my org structure. I think that that attitude permeating most of what you do is probably the biggest differentiator. Is there a way in the interview process for hiring, you actually test for or look for that natural mindset in people you're looking to add to your team? I do. I mean, especially with, I think everyone within the R&D org constantly needs to be learning from engineers to designers, to analysts, to PMs. And so I do tend to ask, 
what is the most successful test you've ever run? And it's interesting to see how they've, how they iterate. Typically the best answers are, I thought I had this hypothesis, I tried this, it didn't work. And I learned a few things here and there from customers and from, you know, the, the data. And then I iterated. And then I also tend to ask, what is a new area that you worked on that you had to learn? How did you learn that new area? So for example, a PM who maybe was working on search and then had to work on SEO, which is a completely kind of different, different discipline. How did you go for that? And so I look for, everyone is different, right? Some people like to take classes, some people read books, some people learn on the job and talk to experts, but I really look for them having a story around how they were intentional about learning rather than waiting and having it take longer to learn what they need to learn, how they accelerated their learning by using the resources they had at their disposal. So those are questions that work well for me. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Katrina. I mean, I love that and think that a learning mindset is so important. It's something Chris and I definitely look for in founders when we're backing companies as well. And, you know, one of the things I think is interesting, though, that keeps people, that holds people back, particularly within a company for asking for help or even founders asking for help, there's a little bit of, of a feeling of like, I've got to display confidence. I've got to show that I've got it, right? If I ask for help, if I say, hey, I don't know the answer to this, it might be viewed as weakness. Is that something you've encountered? And how do you coach your employees on that? Absolutely. I think it's a human tendency to feel like asking for help might say something negative about me. And so I encourage escalation. I encourage asking for help. One of the things that I have on kind of our standing one-on-one -on -one agenda is what are you stuck on? And so those are typically that question is probably the biggest catalyst, I would say, for bringing that request or that need forward when you might not have otherwise. If I say, what are you stuck on? Um, that that tends to be a like a trigger uh, for my team that, that that's something we need to talk about. The other one is, what have you had a meeting, three meetings about and not come to a decision on or not come to a resolution on? And so those are those are just some some markers and some cultural tenets that we try to use to make sure that we are asking for help when we need it and servicing what's not going as well as we'd like. Is there anything that you do as a product leader regularly to make sure you're always learning and improving your skills? I mean, whether it be podcasts, books, like any habits that you've incorporated? Yeah, I read a lot. I am a couple books a month, probably. What I do is listen to them when I'm doing the dishes or walking to the park or, or something like that. And so um, I tend to read books. Often the books at the back will say, here are the books that I recommend. And so I'll look for, I'll look for that. I'll, I also am very, I'm paying attention to what other people are recommending in terms of my team, my peers, uh, just people that I, that I follow. So books, I think are a really big, big driver for me. I think it's important to not just have one thing that you actually learn from many things. And so I do think every interview that I do, I interview a lot of people. I want to learn one thing from everyone I interview. I want to learn one thing um, from every kind of big project that I work on. I want to learn one thing from a customer every week. I want to learn one thing from books every month. Those are kind of constantly searching for that learning and combining them across those areas, I think is really important. But I actually think that books are probably underrated. And one of the things that I do that many people don't, where I actually get a lot of um, a lot of insights, I really like to read books like Working Backwards, which is about Amazon and how they actually do their product development or No Rules Rules, which is about Netflix, which is where they're actually talking about, here's how we run our processes, here's how we develop new shows. And so that kind of tactical book about what it looks like to run a company and to be in a company and to work on strategy and to you know be successful and drive success for a business. I think those are probably my favorite and where I learn the most from. I love how you talk about Katrina 
using did you learn something as the objective as you go through life and, and have all these different interactions with people? It's actually something I, a piece of advice I got a long time ago when I was doing a job search in 2009, somebody told me, you know, you're going to do a lot of networking. You're going to think that each networking meeting, your goal is to try to get a job. Your goal is not to try to get a job. Your goal is to learn something, right? Yeah. And if you learn something, it's a success. Mm-hmm. Um, a byproduct of all that learning will be, you'll probably get a job. And it worked out. Yeah. And so I, I take, I think that's a great approach. And I try to take that as well into, you know, all the interactions I have throughout work and, and personal life. I think it also resonates too with going back to one of our last podcast guests, Adam, Allison Lowry, who mentioned that her most valuable lesson was sort of playing outside of her skill set in her career mm-hmm. and sort of taking on additional things for the learning that, that comes with it. And so I think both of those things really, really resonate with, with how to continue just being better at everything you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Katrina, thanks so much for joining us. How can our listeners follow you and see what you're up to? I'd love to connect on LinkedIn. You can find me at Katrina Benjamin. And I I always love to connect with people in tech, uh, especially people in Colorado. I love to connect with people who are working on interesting businesses and just be helpful in any way that I can. So I'd love to meet some folks who I might be able to help or who we might be able to partner together in the future. Thanks so much. 